when it used to say beta, but now it doesn't. When even the dragons are flatter. When Nimble Stonyfoot is a great halfling name. That is when heroes rise. You stand between me and my lord and kin. Be gone. It is not our abilities that show what we truly are. It is our choices. Welcome, brave adventurers, to Heroes Rise. I'm Ostron, and joining us on our quest this evening are two of the wisest adventurers in the land. Store for time! I'm sorry, what? I can't find her anywhere. You can't find her. Why? It wasn't me, I swear! Do you know how high her stealth bonus is? I mean, sometimes when we're in the recording booth, I think she's got up and walked away, but actually, nope, she's still sat right there. Also, why isn't HR helping with trying to find her? It's tapped out. With what? You didn't notice the copies of literally everyone helping to clean up the Dragonlance book pile from last week? <sighs> I honestly, I tried not to. Like, why did it put my clone in that outfit, though? Okay, well, we've got, you know, the recording crystals going and all this stuff to talk about. Ugh, do we have to? Uh, that's kind of the point to this whole endeavor? <sighs> I mean, everything's just like wildly changing, right? It all started out with like racial bonuses and then the orc lore, but now we've got backgrounds that awards feats, extra planar travel hubs that aren't sigil. Well, I mean, it looks like Dragonlance is coming back. That's a classic. Is it though? I mean, look at what they did to the Kender. I said this on air, they deserve a lot of horrible things, but they didn't deserve that. Okay, fair point. Well, what if we focus on stuff that hasn't changed? This furniture has definitely been around for a spell. Was that some sort of a wizard pun? No. No. And now we're getting an echo. Can you turn off reused crystal since she's not here anyway? Uh, fine, fine. But I mean, other than the furniture, is anything here still the way it was? Well, if we dig around in the archives a little... Oh, here. Here's something that still works the way it always did. Do you always carry this picture bag? If we're gonna get out of here, we're not gonna need a few things. Name one thing you're gonna need the stupid roll for! We're going to issue an apology right off the bat for this one. This week's tool for your adventurer's packs gets a little technical. In order to get the most out of this tool, you'll have to have be comfortable with math. Or maths, if you're Lennon. And it also helps if you enjoy probability. Okay, now that I've lost half the audience, let's go over the details of this week's tool. It's another website, anydice.com. There are a lot of online dice rollers out there, and while AnyDice can do that, that's not really where it shines. AnyDice's primary focus is giving you the probability curves for different die rolls. Dungeons & Dragons involves rolling dice for almost everything, and every time you roll a die, you're dealing with probability. If you're only rolling one die, the probability's easy, but if your wizard is about to drop a fireball, then there's at least eight dice about to hit the table. Any dice helps you figure out how much damage is likely to come out of that fireball. That's 28, by the way, if you were curious. Rather than a graphical interface, Any Dice has its own sort of scripting language for describing what you want to roll. So let's say you want to know how much damage you can do with your attack if you're a level 2 rogue with 17 in your dexterity score using a rapier with sneak attack. You pull up any dice and type in output 2d6 plus 1d8 plus 3. 
Any dice's graph then tells you you're most likely to do damage in the 13 to 18 range. Apologies to the DMs, but for players, this is a tool that's going to help the min-maxers. You'll be able to feed in different weapon and ability damage values and figure out exactly what combination is likely to produce the most damage. If someone questions why you're using two daggers instead of a rapier, you'll have the math to back up your decision. If you're a DM, this can help if you're inventing magic items or custom monsters and trying to figure out how powerful they are. Plug in their attack bonus plus d20 and any dice can tell you how likely it is that they'll beat your player's defenses. Or if you're about to hand over a magic sword to the group's barbarian, you can plug in its damage dice and the barbarian's rage bonuses to see how much damage they'll be beating your monsters with after they have the new toy. As I said at the beginning, it helps if you have a head for math in order to get the full value out of this tool, and some comfort with scripting and programming will give you a leg up too. But if you're someone who homebrews items, monsters, or character concepts, and you like to know the numbers, you can't go wrong with any dice. I'm really liking the thought of having to, or getting to, use this to make custom monsters, because we actually do that a lot in our campaigns. Well, to be fair, it doesn't actually do all of the custom monster design. Well, right, but I mean, it would help you figure out how much damage your monster would be doing. I like that. Yeah, I custom build a lot of different things, items, monsters, and stuff like that, and I almost always go here to figure out what the probability ranges are that the monsters will be hitting with. Earlier, I threw in the, um, the formula for when you're rolling for uh, ability scores, you know, the roll 4d6 and drop 1, mm -hmm. and discovered, which I hadn't checked before, but 13 is the most probable value given that system. Interesting. So playing the probability game there, if you're generating a character, you're probably better off doing the 4d6 drop 1 method than you are using the standard array, because you're more likely to get 13s. The other thing that I really like this tool for is not only can you see the average distribution, so just using 3d6 as, as the standard example that it gives you, you can see that it kind of hits around 10 or 11 and then you've got like a nice sort of curve as it peters off towards the uh, lesser realistic options there. So obviously 9, 10 and 11 are your average here. But you've then also got options for um, at least and at most. So if you wanted to know, like if you roll 3d6, how many times will you get at least a seven out of that? You've got that answer there as well. And that's actually can be quite good, not just for doing the monster classes and uh, magic items, but also if you need to set difficulty classes for challenges and things. Right. They also have a function library where you can type in different types of calculations, finding the low, highest, lowest, and middle number of dice that are rolled. Yep, and that's how I got the... The way you figure out the probability for the statistics rolls is you do highest three of 4d6, which will drop the lowest uh, value. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So when you run that through, let's see, there's an 11% chance you're going to get an 11, a 12% chance you're going to get a 12, a 13% chance you're going to get a 13, and a 12% chance you're going to get a 14, which add all those up together and you get almost a 50% chance it's going to be somewhere in there. Right, so that could actually lead you to some pretty decently specced characters, and especially when you then take racial bonuses and class bonuses on top of that. Yeah, it's very easy to get an array mm. that's all 12 or higher if you mix the right combination of race bonuses and dice. But this, yeah, this is... It's sort of a peek behind the curtain 
almost, except the curtain in this case is the math. But it, it shows you a lot of different tricks that you might not otherwise consider if you don't look at the die array in the context of what's most likely. Using this tool as well, presumably you could effectively put in, um, using the at least and at most, you could effectively put in your entire party's sort of figure out your average hits from them and then you could design encounters and things based around i really like this so i i had come across something similar to this and i know our audio alchemist mikey is a huge fan of probability and we were designing a custom thing for a game that i was dming for him once and it, it got to the point where I, after a while i've got to be honest my eyes just glazed over just a little and i was like you know what if you can run it and you can produce the chart to say that this is actually not going to break the game then yeah go for it and i'm fairly certain he used this and uh but no, having having seen it now and used it myself and uh, looked at those additional functions, this can be a very powerful tool, I think. Even if it does get a little bit mathsy and will lead to a bit of power gaming in some cases, eh, I think that's a risk, you know, be willing to take. I did use it in the middle of a game session once because there, I think our clerk was debating and the rest of the party was debating whether it would be a better idea to use guiding bolts or inflict wounds. And I just, I threw the damage for both attacks in there and got whichever one was likely to do more damage. And if you type in the wrong syntax, the creators have very kindly explained how to put in the right syntax for you. I'm liking that. Yeah, it is still sort of under development. I mean, they don't have a lot of updates often because it's not that complex of a tool, but it's... I don't want to say it's completely user-friendly, but it's not like looking at a blank programming screen either. Right. I just meant that for people who aren't used to scripting languages, yeah. then he he actually explains what you did wrong if you type it in incorrectly. Yeah, and it's also not just good for D&D because they've also got options for exploding dice and uh, various uh, different examples based around the Exalted rule set as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we recorded that back in episode 2, over 200 episodes ago. That's over four years. That website has not changed at all. I mean, why mess with perfection, right? Yeah, I mean, okay, I'll grant you that it's working the way it used to, but considering I'm having an existential crisis here, do you think that math was really going to make me feel better? Well, it always helps me out, but fine. What do you want to talk about? Uh, give me, Give me the file box. Ow! That wasn't me! No, no, it's just a paper cut. Do you often have conversations with yourself when you're distraught? I mean, probably more than you might think, but... Okay, here's something. So I've mentioned a couple of times on this show that I started out as a digital DM and then migrated over to being a physical DM sometime later. One of the good things about being a digital DM, though, is that there are a huge wealth of digital resources, whether you're after maps or tokens or scenery or just monsters that you can just drag and drop from compendiums in. Being a digital DM has a lot of advantages, especially when you need to throw things together on the fly, which when I transitioned to doing the non-digital DM, the real-life DMing, I did kind of struggle with in the beginning. Uh, eventually, thanks to talking to some, how do I describe this, friends who introduced me to minis, I have since emptied my bank account and filled up a load of toolboxes full of little pieces of plastic that have been able to help me transition. So now rather than just grabbing some art off the internet, I actually reach into my pouch and pull out a little bit of plastic, put that down on the map instead. 
Now, when it comes to digital DMing, I do have a couple of favourite artists that I like to use, and strangely, the person that I'm going to talk about tonight isn't actually one of them. But when I did go looking for physical minis, his name stood out because I'd seen him in the digital space as well. And the minis that I'm talking about tonight are by someone called Ark Knight, and it's their flat plastic minis. Now, these minis are two-dimensional, printed onto sheets of transparent plastic, but you get both a front and a back of the character, which is actually really cool, especially if you use flanking rules, which are optional in 5th edition, but that way you can actually have your mini face a direction and you can clearly see which direction it's facing. These all come on sheets, very big sheets, and they're usually grouped together in lots of different themes. So for example, you get the uh, evil horde theme, the wild woodland theme, the NPCs and nobility theme, sheets and they actually work out really really quite cheap so you get 31 of these minis on a sheet for approximately $20 that's 60 cents a mini or if you're British it's about the price of a Freddo just to kind of put it on the line there a what (laughs) a Freddo a tiny tiny little chocolate bar that was just basically created by the gods themselves but has been used as a standard in British economy to see exactly how expensive things are getting. They used to be 10 pence each and they're now like 50p. It's a travesty. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about. (laughs) Um, These minis all come with 25mm plastic bases, which for the Americans, that's an inch. So they fit nicely on the inch gridded paper. And the artwork on them is absolutely fantastic. Like I said, this guy, I know him from doing the digital DMing stuff. And whilst I don't tend to use a lot of his maps for the digital DMing side, you really can't fault the character art. Especially Ryu, if you want to take a second and go and have a look at his dragon set, I'm sure (laughs) you will just fall in love with it. It's fantastic. As always, though, there are a couple of things that we do want to highlight a little bit of downsides. For example, there's a lot of low-level creatures that we've been able to find, like the generics like goblins and wolves. But if you want specifics like kobolds or gnolls, I wasn't really able to find those amongst the sets, possibly because of copyright issues. But then again, he does have a beholder in there, or maybe it's an eye beast if you're using Pathfinder speak. The plastic sheets that you get them on, they have been laser cut around the mini for you to be able to pop them out, but the uh, laser cutting hasn't quite gone all the way through in a little bit, so you will probably still need your craft knife out to be able to separate them out. And sometimes a couple of the printings can be a little dark because it's transparent plastic and they're trying to get a solid base layer of colour on it. It can sometimes seem a little bit dark when you look at it front and back. But with all of that in mind they are still really really handy and because they're flat they slot nicely if you've got like magic the gathering style card pouches in your ring binders you can just fill up pouches with these minis and they take up virtually no space so you can get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of minis in a really really tiny pot you will always have something on hand and since I found these, it's really helped me to up my DMing game in the real world. Uh, almost on par with my digital now. Because uh, one other thing that I do want to point out, he doesn't just do minis, but there are also a whole set of flip maps, fantasy maps. There are graphics and spell templates as well. Uh, if you head on over to his website, basically if you can print it on plastic, he probably does it. And one last thing that I want to bring up is he's recently done a partnership with Sly Flourish, aka Mike Shea, aka the Lazy Dungeon Master, who we've brought up on this show before and they made a curated set 
that includes everything that a first-time DM should need to get them through most encounters. It's a total of 167 pieces and will run you $80, which is 45 cents a mini, which, again, if you're going into British, you probably can't buy anything for how low that's going to be per mini. So, yeah, I've pretty much always been a physical DM, and I, of course, use the the three-dimensional minis because... Between me and one of the friends that, or a couple of the friends that regularly paint them, I usually end up with whatever I need. But one thing that consistently gives us pause is terrain, because making 3D terrain on a play map is a whole other endeavor, and uh-huh. it takes a lot of work. Which it's it's nice, but it has the downside of you make this really, really nice setup for an encounter in a specific location, and then you may or may not ever use it again if it's too specific. But the number of different... um, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily probably use the miniatures, the figures, but Mm -hmm. I'm looking at a lot of his decorations and uh, landscape sheets and spell effects, and some of those look like they would be very, very useful. Yeah, so there's uh, a sheet that, uh, for example, there's one called Wilderness Objects, which uh, features uh, trees, rocks, boulders, uh, potholes, footsteps, uh, various little bits of terrain like that. And the idea being that you have a battle map and you just plonk them down where you need these features. Obviously, they're not 3D. They don't physically stand up above the map surface like a a miniature would, but they at least give you the size and shape and scale and let your uh, players have some varied battle terrain. And yeah, those I find pretty good as well. Those, I think they run slightly less than $20 a sheet. They're about 15 from memory. It depends on what you want because like, they've got some that are specific detailed like cityscapes and buildings. Those are about the same as the miniature packs but the generic terrain sheets are cheaper so a while back i found something online about making minis with shrinky dinks and for those of you who don't know what shrinky dinks is it's basically a sheet of plastic that you either draw on or print on and then put it in your oven for a few minutes and it shrinks down the plastic and really hardens it up um so people use it for jewelry and um, things like that have a stained glass effect. And I saw somebody use them for minis, and it was a really good idea, and that this is very similar to that. The only downside to using Shrinky Dinks over this would just be that these have the back to them, like you said. Yeah, I also wouldn't recommend putting these in the oven. But Yeah. (laughs) But also, if you... If you wanted to have something that looks like this, Shrinky Dinks would be an even cheaper option because you can get 10 sheets for $7.50 on Amazon. And I'm, if I remember correctly, I think you can get at least four miniatures per sheet. And they're quite similar, especially if you can get your printer to print them on a good enough scale. However, if you don't want to take the time to do that, then these are really nice. The art style is really great. 
I like the variety that he has. And yes, the dragons are so pretty. <laughs> Thought you'd uh, appreciate those ones. Um, yes. Yeah, and the other thing that I did want to say, as well as the minis, uh, I did also mention that there is uh, different battle maps that he does, and they're designed in such a way that you can generally take a few of them and slot them all together. And they come on uh, to give sort of like a... UK listeners a rough size it's about an A3 sheet of paper which for Americans is probably about two of your letter sized sheets just to give you a rough guide on how big these individual maps are um, but they, he makes loads of them and you could actually buy the entire set which is 72 of these maps that are uh, fully drawn detailed they have a one inch grid semi-overlaid on it in that they just have the cross markings in that. the four grid lines and they're also dry wipe Ooh. so you can scribble on them with markers erase it all it all works great that's handy yeah the complete set will uh only run you 200 bucks as well and then you will literally have something for just about anything you can imagine there's cityscapes forests beaches uh skyships underground arenas wizards towers you name it it's there I am looking through those right now, and these are also really nice. Yeah, well, sorry if you're going to go and be bankrupt on all of this, but it serves you guys right over the last couple of weeks. So, <laughs> I do have to agree with Ostron. I think some of my favorite things on this site are the, the object sheets. He's even got one for spell graphics. Yeah, so if you wanted to know exactly what a 15-foot cone looks like, you've got it there, and it's with a fireball effect on it, for example. So, they've actually added a whole ton of stuff since then as one would expect because that was almost four years ago as well um in particular though what i would like to highlight is that they've recently started doing bundles and we said in the review that they had previously teamed up with sly flourish to make these bundles uh they recently partnered up with i think it's pronounced nerdarchy it's supposed to be like anarchy but for nerds uh who created a resource called out of the box fifth edition which is a book of essentially ready-made scenarios that you can just drop into your campaign or that you can use in the event that you have a missing player etc and what arknight are now doing is they have bundled the nerdarchy hardcover book with 168 plastic minis 24 bases for them 46 maps and 80 die cut object overlay so like little uh, decals that you can put onto the dungeon maps to help you with the scenarios from that book it's all available in one package it's kind of a, a bit like a beetles and grims or like a you know out of the box type stuff um that's currently available for 215 dollars and then they've just got lots of other bundles like a DD ready to play bundle which includes spell effects and pcs and a set of dice and some maps it's like everything that you would need in a box and it's it's nice to see that they've grown like this they also have the the mounts that act as bases right to stick the flat plastic minis onto which are nice they're a little simplistic as compared to the art on the actual minis but that's sort of the point is they're just supposed to hold the mini and you have an idea of what you're writing i noticed they have yeah. a lot more I, mean, I don't know if they're new but they have a lot more sci-fi themed minis too they've got a bundle yes that i saw yes. that has a lot of uh, more sci-fi or futuristic at least mm. yeah they teamed up with um uh, Cobalt Press and another company, I can't remember who it is off the top of my head, but they've started making minis for Savage Worlds and also uh, Legendary Games, that's them. 
And so, yes, they now have a lot of sci-fi themed stuff on there, including mechs. And they also have uh, hero kids as well. That's another line that they do in the flat plastic style. Also, some of these have actually gotten a lot cheaper since I purchased them, which is good. Because I can remember at the time that I did, I bought like the Mega Bundle. And that's come down in price a lot. And particularly if you're after something like just a warband. So if you need just, I don't know, 20 kobolds, but you don't really need anything else. That's like 10 bucks for a sheet on here. These are still really good value. Yeah, the packs we mentioned are pretty expensive, but those are designed for people where it's like, okay, we want to use minis. We need a lot of them right away. Mm-hmm. So here's this thing. And, you know, you drop $150, $200, or some of them are only around 100 and you probably get as many minis as you will ever need for your average game, as long as you're yeah. okay with, you know, substituting a few creatures for other creatures here. But if you want to just supplement or find little other add-ons, those are not pricey at all. Yeah, and I mean, I said this in the initial review a few years back, um, that I was using them in like every game. So I still use them to this day. They still make up the bulk of my minis, although we have recently moved into the Bones Kickstarters because one of my players is Blood Lake, so of course we're going to buy things from Kickstarter. Uh Uh-huh. So yeah, still great quality and pricing and all that, but they have added new stuff. Are you sure that doesn't count as changed? I mean... Not really. The fundamental purpose of it is still the same. Like, things don't have to stay exactly the same as they were in every respect, just, you know, not as much, you know? Yeah, okay. Well, in that case, here's another resource that's still around and being helpful. So we've covered a lot of generators on this site. In fact, if you go over to the heroesrisepodcast.com website and go to the Adventurous Pack section, you will find everything that we've ever spoken about, including things like Donjon being the main big generator set that's out there. I recently came across another one that I have been using pretty much in all of my games ever since. Uh, This is fantasynamegenerators.com. And honestly, I'm surprised I haven't come across it sooner because it's literally one of the first results you get when you type in fantasy name generator into Google. So congratulations on the SEO there. I clearly need new glasses or something. Anyway, the website, as the name implies, features a ton of fantasy name generators, although it's kind of a little bit of a misnomer. You can get generators for pretty much anything on this website. So a little bit of background about this particular website. It was started by a single person called Emily, and uh, she started it out as a hobby. She knew that she wanted to create a website, but she also knew that she didn't want to make a blog and didn't want to go into articles. And so she thought, eh, let's make a few generators and see what happens. She never made a site before and learned everything that she needed as she went and started out and launched the site in March 2015 with a total of 15 generators. Since then, the site has grown and expanded and exploded, I think is fair to say, and now has over 1,500 generators for just about everything that you could imagine. So the broad categories are fancy names, real names, place names, other names, pop culture names, description generators, and then helpfully other generators. And going onto the website and clicking on, say, fantasy names will pop up alien names, Amazon names, and the list goes on and on and on. Dragonkin names, elf, orc names, guardian names, naga names, ninja names, werewolf names, zombie. There is so many different types of name generators that you can get on this website. 
My favourite ones to use are most often within the fantasy section, purely because you can get some things like the death name generator, which brings up some random gods of death, which you may or may not have needed in your games. You can also get ninja and assassin name generators so it comes out with things like the mysterious striker and snow scar and other such names there are also a lot of generators on here under the i believe it's the other names generators where you could get names for musicians names for holy books book titles evil organizations the the list really does go on and on and on and there's even a section of description generators where if you need to come up with a for example i'll do it reuse here a dragon description generator you can go to the description generators here dragon description and you get things like with wide crimson eyes that sit well within the creature's horned hard skull it gives it a terrifying look and appearance and it goes on like this now all of these generators on this website are fantastic and i could do an entire adventures pack on these in their own right but this is actually going to be a bit of a twofold because i found out that emily has also created a series of tools and she has put these on a second website that she's got called rollforfantasy.com and if you look at the amount of generators and things that are on the main fancy name generators website and you think there's a lot there just the stuff on Roll 4 Fantasy has been taken to the next level. On this, she has tools, guides, puzzles, music, and DIY. Now, under guides, basically, if you like our short rest segments, that's what Emily has under here. She has guides on how to DM, guides on how to describe spells, guides on what to do to handle metagaming and loot distribution. Under the tools section, it takes everything that the random generators do and goes one step further and adds a whole layer of interactivity. So as an example, there's a summoning circle creator. So you choose your summoning circle background, you then click on all the individual slots, add colored runes to them. You then hit generate an image and this then turns it into an image that you can then print out. And then helpfully, she's also got a button next to this particular one that says summon demon. And when you click it, it pulls in a randomly generated demon to go along with this summoning circle. There's a uh, tarot card creator as well, which doesn't just, you know, design the tarot cards for you, but it can actually put them into a layout and you can interactively click on each one to flip it all over as it progresses. There's combat and initiative trackers on here. There is encounter difficulty created. You can create your own calendars. There is so much under the tools section puzzles has a section containing as the name implies puzzles but as anybody who plays DD knows puzzles are one of those things that it's actually quite hard to get right and there's things in here that really do help to lay out exactly how the puzzle works and how you can incorporate it into your games uh the diy section uh, Emily takes us through how she's created her own game master screen, how she has etched things into different bits of glassware, how she creates paper gems and paper figurines for all of her games with lots of photos, including a cost of materials and just really detailed step-by-step -step instructions. And then finally, if doing all of this wasn't enough, she even makes royalty-free music, which is in music and then songs. And she's got, I think it's about... I want to say 25-ish albums, um, but it's 130-odd songs in total, and all of them are actually really decent. I've done a random sampling of them. Uh, Viking, so far, is my favourite track uh, of hers. 
and yeah basically my mind is blown away that this is just done by a single individual who just created the site as a hobby and it's exploded from there so yeah the pros of it like i said there is practically anything that you could need to generate or want to create on this website and unlike other generators that you found out on the internet, a lot of them use what are called Markov chains. Now, without getting too deep into the weeds, and people will probably write letters about it, a Markov chain is if you give a computer a set of data, say a list of words, like fruits, for example, it will analyze all the names, figure out which vowel pairings are common and which consonant pairings are common and then it tries to have a guess by smushing certain things together and so you know it might take lemon and apple and you might end up with an, an apple or a lemon or something like that emily's name generators seem to be a lot more curated a lot more handcrafted there's a lot more attention to detail and it seems as if they're not using markov chains so seems to be that every single generator that's on there if you go to generate for example the list of say ninja and assassin names that it may be pulling from a huge list and building components up but she's built them in such a way that it's not necessarily obvious and it doesn't feel like it's come from a generator um the cons though because we always like to do both sides of it and you, you know, bear in mind this is a single person who did it as a hobby. The website, as you might imagine, feels like somebody who has created a website for their first time. Uh, that is to say that there's little things, for example, it's not too good on mobile. Um, some of the generators can be a bit buggy if you try and use it on mobile along with the navigation. Um, and the whole thing, it doesn't, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's literally not up to like Apple standards, Google standards, Microsoft standards. That doesn't make it a bad site though. It is quite clear to use. It's relatively easy to navigate your way around. Um, it just doesn't have that professional layer of polish. But given the amount of stuff that Emily is doing for this, and she also runs D&D games in her, what I presume is very little spare time, um, I think it's a fantastic resource. So yeah, fantasynamegenerators.com and rollforfantasy.com. Links to both of them will be in the show notes. But uh, yeah, guys, I obviously sort of threw these out to you, let you play around with them. Yeah, give us your thoughts and feelings. I'm not done playing yet. I'm I'm this I'm the same. Yeah, so this is literally the problem that I had with this as well, is that like I said, fantasy name generators I have been using, I usually keep it open at my table, and if I need a name for something, just ah, there we go, that'll do. I'll use that as a name, that's fine. As I was going through it, today I found uh Roll for Fantasy, and I found it about an hour and a half before recording, and I have been playing around with so many different things on there, I barely made it to the recording on time. And what I'm trying to say is if I stopped playing so I could record this show, you guys can as well. So one of my favorite things so far about this site, the Fantasy Name Generators one, not only does she have dragon names, she's got draconae names... Chinese dragon names and dragon kin names. So it's not just one type. You can pull from lots of different genres there that are all somewhat the same, if that makes any sense. Yeah, there is a real level of granularity to this whole website. I do like that on the Chinese dragon name generator, she has the two words that make up the actual name and shows you what it is. So, Kenwei means heavenly stomach. <laughs> but okay. uh, but she's got Laolong, a tiger dragon, Ginlong, eagle dragon. These are cool. Right. 
Another thing I want to say is I always am drawn to the more silly aspects of generators. So when I saw that there was a dating agency name generator on this site, <laughs> I had to <laughs> click on it. <laughs> And what have you got, got? What dating agency are you going to I'm open? I'm probably going to have to open up Blushes and Sparks. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. I myself am setting up a daycare agency. This is Rainbow and Sunshine Daycare, which was part of the Bright Eyes Preschool <laughs> group. And on Roll for Fantasy, I cannot believe some of the creators that she has on here she has she has one yeah. to create the interior of your planet like right? the actual planetary yeah. layers all the way down to the core yep and this is why i said map making was only a or rather ostron said map making was only a small part of it in the intro because yeah she's got a castle builder where you can build out she create blueprints there's a dungeon creator um you could literally do everything from the solar system right down to everything that's inside the planet, plus all the shops and what they contain and what their names are and what the flags are. And it's just, it's immense. It it's is so It's really immense. fantastic. And honestly, I kind of want to blow you guys off and just play with this the rest of the night. <laughs> uh, Ostrom, did you have any thoughts? I don't know. I was waiting for you two to stop talking. <laughs> I, I agree basically with what most of you said. I really like the fact that particularly for the name generators, there is a description of what the what sort of the initial starting point was for them, which yeah. I always appreciate because it gives you an idea of where the or what types of names you're likely to get. There was a little bit of that on the the Abifala site, the the wiki yep. generator. On occasion, some of their generators would go into, well, this is how the names are being formulated or what uh, base pieces we're using to build it. Emily apparently put them on everything. So she has clear descriptions of, okay, when you're using a particular generator, this is what you're likely to get, which I think is helpful because there are certain expectations that people have when they go into it. So if they go into a fantasy name generator, they could be coming at it from a variety of different fantasies because, you know, Game of Thrones and World of Warcraft are both technically fantasy. So... Right, yeah. I think it's really nice that they took the time to go into the details of what the etymology of all the different names is. The only downside on that is that in some cases it pushes the actual generation words below the fold, which is... Right. It sort of sabotages the ease of use, although there are... It saves itself because you can regenerate lists without the whole page reloading most of the time, so you can just keep scrolling through and... Yeah, but... Other than that, you guys basically covered it. Both of these yeah. sites are very nice resources, and they're... Oh, that was the other thing I wanted to bring up. They're organized more intuitively than a lot of generation sites. Because uh, I remember yeah. with one of them, we actually spent some time discussing how there were a lot of generators that weren't necessarily where you'd expect to find them. 
And yes, Seventh Sanctum, I think that one was. Right. This site does not have that problem at all. Yeah, and I, I largely feel that that's because Emily learned how to make sites as she went, and so I wouldn't be surprised if there was a heavy amount of manual menu creation rather than generation going on. Yeah. Yeah, so basically, since we covered them several years ago, the additions have just been more and more and more names. Mm -hmm. Every playable race for D&D now has its own generator for names. And in addition, specifically related to Dungeons & Dragons, they've added an entirely new category, which allows you to generate names for sapient NPC species. So they've got all the major colors of dragon, devils, uh, fey, beholders, and a couple of the other races where it's possible that you will need to actually generate a name for them, but they are unlikely to be player characters. Um, mm -hmm. And like I said, that is specifically related to D&D. The entire site has just seen, if not exponential, then at least geometric growth with the number of generators and name creators that they have available. Yeah, and I was going to say, I wish to I wish to correct you there, the sites, because they had the second site, Roll for Fantasy, which has seen just as much development and explosion in things. And there's a couple of nice things on here now, like, uh, I really like the coin generator, as stupid as that may sound. There's a coin creator where you can create currency for your realm, you get it as images that you can then print and you can cut out and you can hand them around the table if you actually need or want proper tokens and I just find that really cool it's a little customization add-on that personally I never thought of having at my tables but it just kind of makes sense to help the immersion yeah it's little details like that can sometimes help with bringing people into the setting mm. and not to mention she's also got a whole load of music now on the site which are free with an asterisk of for use in home games contact for commercial purposes yada yada but for what i imagine the vast majority of our audience are after the the songs are, are, are free to use and there's like multiple i think categories is probably a better description than albums um that have got approximately 10 songs each and there's probably about 20 albums on there so there's an absolute ton of royalty free music as well Okay, I guess I guess at least a few of the staples from this uh, still around. Nails and screws too. Okay, now you're on notice. Honestly, th look, never mind. Without Ryu, I kind of think this whole show is a wash. Anyway, um, how full is the scrying pool? Um, well, I haven't seen Ray Ray looking around for the killer DM's mop, so I think we're okay for now. Cool. Okay, well, in, in that case, I think we need to make sure Ryu is actually hiding and that she hasn't been whisked away by the killer DMs with some ungodly corner of the Underdark. Yeah, yeah let's let's go check that out. I'm getting worried. Let's, let's wrap this up. And so this brings us to the end of the 207th entry into our Chronicle. We'll be back with our 208th entry on April 20th. But before we go, we want to know, for you, dear listener, how was the show? As a reminder from last week's entry, our community questions were, do you have a favorite Dragonlance character? Do you have a least favorite Dragonlance character? Why is it tasseled? 
And Jeremy Crawford, in a recent Sage Advice video, says there are now three interpretations of the rules. Rules as written, rules as intended, and then rules as fun. He says the latter means that the rules should always be used to enhance the fun of the game, and no one should be maliciously correcting or preventing fun based on the written or intended rules. Do you think rules as fun is something that needs to be spelled out? Do you think there will be any problematic side effects of the official declaration that rules as fun are valid? Whatever your thoughts or feelings, let us know. You can comment on this show's post on our website, heroesrisepodcast.com. You can find us on all good social media at heroesrisednd. You can email us, sendingstone at heroesrisepodcast.com. Or you can chat with us live and join the Heroes Rise community at discord.heroesrisepodcast.com. The show isn't just a one-way conversation and we always love to hear from you, so take a moment and tell us your thoughts. Make sure you're never caught in the middle of a quest without us by subscribing to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere else good podcasts can be found. Or through our feed at feeds.heroesrisepodcast.com. And if you like the sound of what we do, there are many ways you can help support us. Heroes Rise is an official Dice Envy affiliate. Get yourself some incredibly awesome dice that will not only make you the envy of your table, but will help your favorite D&D podcast. Just use our affiliate link, heroesrisepodcast.com slash dicemi, and be sure to enter the code HEROESRISE at checkout and save yourself an extra 10%. You can also help support the show by subscribing to our Patreon. Tiers start from $4 per month and give you raw recordings of the show before the Wednesday release, Heroes Rise t-shirts, pins, and a super secret patron lounge on our Discord server. Plus, occasionally, you might get dragged into a recording or two for some distant whispers. Lucky you! To become a patron, just head on over to patreon.com slash heroesrisednd. And if a financial donation isn't your thing, that's cool too. Every time you share our show with friends, family, or your friendly local gaming stores, you help our audience to grow, and that's ultimately why we do this. Thanks for all of your likes, shares, and retweets. We want to take a moment to thank our social media mage Ray Ray, our Conjuration Cabal Bloodlake, Indigo Spectre, and Gath Memvar, and our audio alchemists Mikey, Branwen, and Tomosthenes. Special thanks go to our halfling moneylenders Marty Chidoric, The Despoiler, The Hobbyist, Randall Evans, Brewhammer, The Sabi, Rat Queen, Amber Squirrel Craning, and Strife. Vince Vep, for all the awesome music you've heard throughout the show, be sure to check him out at vincevep.bandcamp.com, and Lowe of Lowe's Lair, the designer of our banners and avatars. You can find him on Twitter at Lowe's underscore Lair, and Facebook at facebook.com slash Lowe's Lair. But above all, we want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to our tales this evening. And until our paths shall cross again, fare thee well, brave adventurers. Yeah, but is it, though? I mean, look at what they did to the Kenda. I know I said this on air, but they deserve... I mean, look at what they did to the Kenda. Like, I learned... Look at what they did to my face. Mentioning (laughs) Kenda just throws you off completely, doesn't it? Yeah, right. Tell me about it. We'll be back with our 208th entry... (laughs) The one part that is literally the same week after week after week after week as well. Yeah. Well, no, the number keeps changing, so... Oh, that's um, that's right. More change. <clears throat> Tears start from just $4 per month and give you... Also... Plush? Plush? <laughs> no, no plushies. Sorry, not mm. yet. Um, we should look into that, though. Anyway...
Plus, you occasionally might get... <sighs> Just read the copy. <laughs> I am trying. We want to take a moment to thank our head student. Nope, nope, this is wrong. <laughs> this is all wrong. Oh, wow, that is wrong. That is wrong. I will grab some new documents. Um, uh, quickly, entertain, entertain the listeners. Yeah, because I'm the best one to do that. <laughs> Why mess with perfection?